0: It's time for the Ron and Brian podcast. Get ready to fill your ears with the latest news, politics, current events, and whatever else we feel like talking about this week. And now, your hosts, Ron and Brian. All right. Good evening, everybody. It is Sunday night. It's 8 o'clock, and it is time once again for the Ron and Brian podcast, not just the Ron and Brian podcast, but episode two hundred. In 82 of the Ron and Brian podcast, right? Uh, no one thought it would have gotten this far. Many people hoped it wouldn't get this far, but here we are.
1: The number of parlays that DraftKings was sending us that involved us not reaching episode 282. Um, I mean, us, uh, you know, us continuing this podcast, showing the dedication, not just to ourselves, but more so to our fans. Um, this has been a great bet for for Vegas. They've made a lot of money off of us. And uh, I'm assuming we're going to get a cut at some point. You would think so. You would hope. I'd like to think so. so how are you, you look uh, wonderful. Are no, no, you, no, no, no. My friend you, look wonderful You look wonderful, I got to tell you.
0: It's, uh, you know, I, I try not to shave on the weekends. I have very sensitive skin. I try and just, you know, let it grow in naturally and then uh, just uh, torture my face on Monday mornings with a shave.
1: Now, when you say that you are torturing your face for a Monday morning, now, is that when you get out of your bathroom or... Walk eight feet over and go into your home office where you spend the rest of the day.
0: <laughs> Actually, I will be leaving the house tomorrow. I have places to be tomorrow, Brian. So uh wow. it just shows what you know.
1: Apparently I don't know anything, but we'll 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 talk about your travels because I, I believe you had an interesting trip earlier this week.
0: I was on the road yet again, but like you said, uh let's get things rolling. As always. Drink of the week. week. Drink
1: of
0: the week, drink of the week, drink of the week, drink of the week.
1: Brian, what are you drinking this week? This week, we're going all the way out to Scotland. Again, with another beer that I snuck back into the country. I snuck. I, I literally had um, uh, one piece of overweight luggage on my return about two months ago. Stack full of beer. We're going back to a brew dog brewery, and this one's this one's a punk IPA. <laughs> and what? How do we know that it's punk? I'll tell you how we know that it's punk, Ron, because it is um, just it is an audacious onslaught of unapologetic flavors that will rock your taste buds to its core. Crashing in at 7.5% ABV, Dog Punk IBA is a furious fusion of untamed hops and devilish malt. Pine, citrus, and lemon dance a wild tango alongside a kick of bitterness, leaving me with a linger rebellious bite that echoes sip.
0: But if I remember you weren't a huge fan of the last brew dog uh, you brought to the show, what's your thoughts on this one? You're taking a second sip. It's a quizzical look. You might not be certain as to how you like it.
1: This is not a good beer. (laughs) You know, I'm going to tell you something every now and then I got it. I sit there and say to myself, you know, you know, I, I've, I've stuck to Pilsner's and lagers, And I know that that is my safe space Right. I know that is my my in my lane, as the uh, kids like to say. Every now and then, I'd like to say maybe I'm missing out on that hazy IPA. Maybe there's a beer out there I want to drink. Mm. That's not it. This, if you were to take the 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 um uh the drink mat that's at the right. bar, at, at the bar and right. pour it into a glass, I'm going to say it is something similar to this. I do not um I do not pick up any scent of a lemon. Okay. There's no citrus. It does. It tastes like I'm drinking pine, <laughs> um, but that's not necessarily a good thing. So Billy asked um, a good question.
0: This, did it? Did it go flat in transit? I mean, do you think possibly uh, the change in air pressure uh, transporting it on the plane? No. Uh, you just think it's just a bad beer?
1: No, because I've, I've brought back beers that I very much enjoyed. Okay. Um, True. I, I, sure. I, you know, I just. Hey, IPAs are just not my thing, but you know what? I'm going to power through it, and I have a second one right here in my beer fridge, which will also go down today. But I'll also do a also have a shot of Jameson whiskey right now.
0: Well, we uh, we respect your whiskey drinking, if nothing else.
1: If you don't respect anything at least respect my shot glass. Look at it's that nice. beautiful thing.
0: It's a quality product mm-hmm. which we still have available on our web store, but we'll talk more about that uh, later on in the show uh, as people prepare for holiday shopping. Ron, yes, sir. What are you drinking? Uh so this week I am in the spirit, Brian, uh going out to Pittsburgh for Penn Brewery. Uh, they call refer to themselves as Pittsburgh's microbrewery. This is their mm-hmm. Uh, Saint Nicholas Bach beer got a little fancy picture of Saint Nicholas on there. This is one of their seasonal beers, it's a holiday European style Bach beer, a very rich, strong, multi lager, dark ruby in color with notes of chocolate and uh, roasted malt. Uh, They also make this in a reserve version, uh, which is a higher ABV of nine percent. This one's only six and a half, um, and it holds a silver medal. Uh, From the 2011 Great American Beer Festival, so there is that has got a nice. uh, That's a Bach color. color. That is a Bach color, clear. Um, Let's have a sip here.
1: He takes his sip. He's pondering, pondering is That's nice.
0: I could, I could use it to have a little bit more of a kick to it, but this is a nice Bach beer.
1: Now, um, the uh, my my. My real experience with Bach beer was Shiner Bach, which I got yes. introduced when I was in Texas several years back. For all my misfits fans, yes, Texas is the reason. Um, Ron, describe your beer. What are you experiencing as you drink it?
0: I mean, it's it's smooth. It's got a nice uh, a nice body to it, not too overly carbonated. I have had Shiner Bach, which is a very good beer. I would actually say this is a little bit better. Really, smidge, just a smidge.
1: A smidge. Just a smidge, Captain. <sniffs> Oi! Peaky blinders. I don't know. I drinking my punk IPA, <laughs>
0: which I think tastes like piss. <laughs> All right, next up. You longtime listeners know what time it is. It's time for Beef of the Week.
1: Ron and Brian's Beef of the Week.
0: Brian, what's bothering you this week? Uh,
1: my, my my beef this week is people who um, want to shit on other people's parades. Hmm, you're um, true. okay you know I've you know I I really do think and I, I know a lot of people will sit there and say that I am not an example of good behavior that I am not someone who exemplifies having a strong moral code, ethics, values, etc. Some of those people may be in the chat right now. I'm not, I'm not, I'm just pontificating maybe. Right. Um, Here, Ali, already, Brian's beef is with himself. Um, <laughs> you know what? I, I'm going to say this, Ali, and, you know, maybe, maybe, Um, One is never too old to learn new lessons. Okay. I think that I have, you know, as as in recent years, tried to avoid, um, you know, shitting on other people's parades. And when they, when other people are doing things that they like, and I may not, I'll shit on them in in private, but I don't feel the need to go public. (laughs) With okay, shitting
0: I was, on them, I, I, I was just wondering when you're going to clarify that. Just not in public. You do it behind their back,
1: right? Not in public. They don't need to know that I'm shitting on their good time. Let them have their good time. For instance, yeah, exactly. Um, okay, but uh, story here for everybody. Yes, I went to go see Kiss Friday night at the Garden. Um, it was one of their last two shows supposedly ever this is like their fourth or fifth retirement final tour right they um supposedly are finishing out at madison square garden they announced two shows um back in may i believe it was uh and the, the these last two madison square garden shows this was going to be it i went online and i said i would like to attend one of these two i bought tickets um as the uh you know event got closer and closer especially this week my Facebook feed was, um, uh, had a lot of posts from people, um, talking about, uh, how they were excited to go looking for tickets, whatnot. And one of the things that truly bothered me was looking at the number of posts from people who were sitting there talking about how this isn't the real kiss. It's not the original for fuck these guys. This is a cash grab. Um, these are, you know, you're 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 paying four hundred dollars to go see a cover band, et cetera, et cetera. Just people shitting on, on 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 the whole event. Right. I went. I had a great time. I enjoyed the shit out of myself. I really enjoyed the songs they played. Could they have played others? Sure. But you knew exactly what they were going to play in advance, so there was no excuse for walking out being unsatisfied with the music selection. Um. And uh, just even uh Saturday morning, looking at my social media, my threads my blue wave or whatever, that blue sky, that was it. Um, just a number of people who were posting, Hey, I went, had a great time. And the number of responses, even in their own little posts, um, re- replies and whatnot of people sitting there saying, I can't believe you went to go see that crap. I can't believe you don't like that. Um, and I just sat there. I was like, you know what? Let them have, let people have their fun. Um, trash them in private. That's, that's, that's really my beef of the week. Is people trashing each other in public um, for trying to have a good time. <sighs> Glad I got really that brings, off my chest.
0: Really brings up a good point. Everything Kiss has done for years has been a cash grab. Um, I it's would point big. you to. I would point you towards the Kiss coffin uh, that Gene Simmons was hawking like 15 years ago. Um, I, and truly, I'm still available. After, what was that? What was that 1978 TV show they did or movie? It was uh, Kiss yes. versus the Phantom of the Park or something like that? Some, fan- yeah, something like that. Like they've always been like I don't want to say I don't want to say they've never really been like a serious rock band, but they've always been a rock band that I don't think necessarily took themselves seriously and like having, wanted to um, have a good time a- and and that was kind of their thing.
1: Always. Uh, You know, having uh, uh, read Paul Stanley's autobiography, one of two, um, the thing that I learned from him was that very early on, he and Gene sat there and realized we are not great musicians, but that doesn't mean that we cannot be a great band. So for them, it was all part of making the KISS experience as a whole larger than just the quality of their music, which is why... You've got crazy. why they were, you know, one of the forefronts of crazy pyrotechnics and, um, you know, loud uh, explosions. It was, um, you know, uh, it was it's all about the show, not necessarily just um, about the artistry of the songs. Um, So I had a good time. And at the end of the day, that's what counts to me. I don't need your shitty comments on Facebook or Instagram or X or threat? Ron?
0: Or yes. Yes, sir. What's,
1: what's bothering you?
0: My beef this week, Brian, my beef this week is with the, uh, the Boston accent, which I think we can all agree. is just a horrible accent. Um, Trash, just just trash trash accent, Uh, you know, and listen, I understand, you know, there's there's a New York accent. There's a New Jersey accent. There's a Philly accent. Someone did comment to me. uh, They were remarking how quickly um, you lost your New York accent. And I said, well, you know, I don't know if you understand when you move out of the state of New York, you pretty quickly within a week or two lose all affiliation with all things New York. So uh, Mm -hmm. side note. Sorry, I got off on a tangent there. Uh, But as you mentioned, I was traveling this week uh, for work. I was in uh, the city of Boston um, for a couple of days and Mm -hmm. flying, you know, and again, you hear it and it kind of sinks into your skull and it rattles around a bit. But I had an early morning flight back on, I don't know, Thursday I came back and we get on the airplane and, you know, the, uh, the, uh, the 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 flight attendant, he's like, understand this is an early morning flight. Um, But, you know, I'm going to try and keep it quiet just, you know, so you you can get some rest. No, nothing but important announcements, which true, no important announcements until it came time to hawk the uh, American Airlines credit card, which they do so often. But it's it was it was so as as some of you know, you get the the card benefits that you have here. So uh, if you can apply to the American Airlines card and you know how you could apply uh, for that credit how, card, Brian. oh out. Just, get, just scan the QR code and you can get an QR application. <laughs> QR. Yeah, yeah. And I was just like, I can't, I can't anymore. I'm like, get me on the ground in Philadelphia. It was just, I can't. I, I, don't, I don't need it. I don't want it. I don't like it. That's
1: all I got. Now, at any point, did he any? Did he offer you any coffee or water? He was water. Like, what
0: can I? What can I get for you, sir? coffee coffee
1: would you like coffee coffee a little Dunkin'? American runs on dunkin
0: oh no it's not duncan up there it's dunks can I get you some dunks oh its just oh it just <sighs> aggravates me just just drives me crazy Boston
1: loves their dunkin donuts yes they do
0: it's dunks Brian hey, let's go get some dunks
1: get Look, a can you at a least get a- at dunks did you get any good food while you were in Boston? Boston does have a reputation for some some uh, uh, quality food.
0: Um, I did not. But I did not have seafood. Oh. I, I usually, I didn't have a chance to have seafood. Um, normally, uh, their seafood is very good. But it was not a great uh, food experience. What are you going to okay. do? Sorry. Right. Listen, not a, it wasn't, listen, if that was the best, uh, the worst time of my week, it wasn't a bad week. So, we'll go with
1: that. It was the best of weeks. It was the worst of weeks. Yeah,
0: You're like uh, you're like a poet sometimes, Brian.
1: I know. I know. I know.
0: All right. Uh, what else do we got? Oh, What else do we got? We got 45 minutes at least to do. So, I guess we should go through the agenda here.
1: Can, Can Please, we hawk you, the merch store? Can we hawk the merch uh, store? You mentioned okay.
0: you, you wanted to bring something back. A throwback, okay. if you will.
1: Now, you know, as people are are well aware, you and I like to, to be on the cutting edge when it comes to um, podcast merchandise. I would agree um, with that. We, we, we like to be ahead of the curve, but I also think sometimes it makes sense to look to the past, to go back to some of the classic limited edition items that we have offered in the past that have sold out. Um things that people clamored for but we had said listen these are going to be in print only for a certain period of time
0: all right real quick um, if i can can you can you just hit pause for a second you know what fucking drives me insane about you sometimes is i can see what? that shitty little fucking smirk as you talk <laughs> because whatever you're about to do is about to drop the hammer on me in some way shape or form yes
1: yeah, of course of course so continue. i would like OK, so I think that we all should go back in time to about one year ago when this podcast was we were living in some very dark days. You had been championed probably, I think, going on your 22nd year in a row. Um, your dictating um, terms were, you know, it was um, listen, we were all just living off the crumbs. Of the plate that is that that you were 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 deciding we could have, um, you know, not letting me wear certain things, announcing to fans what they could and could not support, and people were sitting there and just saying, "Listen, we need something fresh. We need something new. We need this podcast is is not what it used to be. We need to make this podcast great again." And we were like, "You want to make the Ron and Brian podcast great again?" And they said, "Yes." So we came out with this hat that says, make the Ron and Brian podcast great again. Um, uh, Supporters of Brian, uh, me, myself, uh, went out, bought this hat in droves. Um, It was very popular for the fall of 2022 going into 2023. I know a lot of people were saying they were wearing their make the Ron and Brian podcast great again hat during the Super Bowl. This past February. Um, you know, it's now as we approach the one year mark, we understand that the podcast is becoming great. And with the second term, I will make it even greater. So if you want to, if you want your own make the Ron and Brian podcast great again, these are retro hacks. This is not currently we are get we are becoming great again after all the years when. Ron threw us back into the stone ages. You can get your own Make the Ron and Brian Podcast Great Again hat. Go to our store. These will be available tomorrow. So if you're watching this live um, uh, on December 4th at 5 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, you will be ordered to get your retro Make the Ron and Brian Podcast Great Again hat.
0: I mean, I I guess... Kudos to you for bringing it back.
1: We're bringing it back. This is going to be, you know, a talking item. Everybody will be proud of. Everybody's <laughs> it going to will remember. will be a talking when, item. When you put this hat on, you're going to remember the dark days when Ron was champion and say, never again, Ron. Never again will you be champion. And I'd like to remind everybody, Ron, what's the week of our presidential debate
0: uh, it's the uh, the first uh, Sunday in February, whatever that day is.
1: Correct. I'll be wearing this hat proudly to remind people <laughs> of just how bad things got with Ron as champion. I have my belt right over there, but I'm not going to step away from the screen because I don't trust you, you dirty rat. Ron. Yes, sir. Moving on, we're, what are we up to?
0: Well, we have, a, I guess we could do our stories of the week um, as we uh, as often do, we grab a story, we make sure that we talk about it during the show. something that touches our mind, something that sometimes it touches our heart, sometimes it touches our soul. Uh, Brian, what is your story this week that you want to bring to the table?
1: Listen, um, you know I'm all about love. I'm all about love. I, I you know to me, the moments that um, you know, two people, you know there's what? 8 trillion people on this planet right now, the ability to wade through all the, all, the sea of humanity and find your soulmate and have those two paths cross, join, become one as marriage. Listen, I, I cry at every wedding I attend. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, when I hear a story of a couple getting married, um, it's just incredible. So today, my story of the week takes us all the way out to Thailand, where a uh, Thai groom and former Paralympic. Do we have his photo? Do you have his photo? Oh, yeah. look at him. He is a Paralympic whose name is Shatorong Suk Suk. S U K S U K. Is that Suk Suk or Suk Suk? We're going to go with Suk Suk. That's a little probably better off. Please do. I don't want to give you the. I don't want to give you a soundbite. Um, so, uh Suk Suk, age 29, he's an ex-soldier, um, and he recently got married to a 44-year-old Kanchana, I'm not even going to pronounce the last name, because you know why? Um, when she got married, I'm sure she took the Suk Suk last name, um, because her current name has, one, two, three, four, five, six, about 12 letters and that's about four syllables and we're not going to go off the rails. Um, so just so, real uh, can I, can I hit,
0: have you hit pause real quick? Just, I just want to clarify. So it, so a woman should not expect society to learn her name. She should take on the name of the patriarchy uh, once she gets married. So
1: please, please continue. I not believe I just walked into that one. So uh, Chatorong, um, he's 29. He is getting married to oh, wait. Pinchot- so, how many, how many letters are in his first name? One, two, three, four, nine. And we're gonna pronounce her last name, it's Pachunthwik P- Pachanthwik. yes. Her last name, her name is Kachana P- P- Pachunchik. Uh oh, fuck, I'm ruining it. Anyway, they're from North Thailand this past Saturday. They got married. Um, at the height of the festivities. Uh, Chatorong abruptly left the reception and went out to his car. He returned a short time later, brandishing a nine millimeter pistol and opened fire, shooting and killing his new wife, his 62 year old mother, King Thong Klajo, and his 38 year old sister, called Nipa Manato. Um, this is all according to our friends over at the Bangkok Post. Um, Two wedding guests were also hit by stray bullets, killing a 50-year-old man and leaving a 28-year-old man wounded, who I think may be a future Paralympic athlete. Um, Chatorong then shot himself and died on the spot. Apparently, according to um, wedding guests, Chatorong was um, quite intoxicated at the time and got into an argument with his new bride shortly uh, uh, after the ceremony. Uh, people claim that Chaturong had always uh, reported himself feeling insecure about the 15-year-old gap between their ages. So my story of the week is a 28-year-old um, Chaturong from Thailand who killed his wife on his wedding day at the ceremony.
0: I mean, that seemed – Ron, to be- I –
1: checked. I challenge you, Ron, to find a story with as many challenging names as I did.
0: <laughs> I mean, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that I, my story is uh, is not as challenging. Uh, but my story uh, goes back to last week's football game against the Kansas City Chiefs and the Las Vegas Raiders. Brian, do you remember uh, this photo kind of circulating around oh. of a, uh, a young Chiefs fan um, in the uh, in the stands at uh, in Las Vegas, um, he's got his Chiefs jersey. He's got the headdress on. I don't want and, to see that. Uh, I can't.
1: It's so now, offensive,
0: Brian. Well, and to yes. to your point, from this angle, and this was the photo that really got spread so through offensive. a lot of the major media. So outfits, offensive. It would appear that this young man is in blackface. But Brian, I would like to show you another photo from another angle, if I may be so bold can I posted on a uh, social media by his mother people um, people it actually was he was just wearing red on one side of his face black on the other side he was wearing the Chiefs colors on his face uh, this is Holden Armenta uh, a uh, apparently lifelong Chiefs fan um, his mother came to his defense on social media saying you're only looking at this from one angle and then people said Oh, well, what about the headdress? Uh, why are you wearing a headdress? These are banned at Arrowhead Stadium. I mean, fine, you can wear them in Las Vegas, but what about the headdress? Uh, and as it turns out, uh, the kid is uh, Native American. So, but if it's
1: banned, then isn't it banned regardless of who's wearing it? He it
0: was, I, it's, I mean, banned in, it's banned in Arrowhead Stadium. This was a road game um, at, the, at the Raiders Stadium.
1: So it's okay to be racist on the road? Well, how is he racist if he is wearing a headdress from his own culture? I think we can all agree that African-Americans using the N-word is problematic.
0: Okay, is that is that the angle you're... So just to make sure, I want to make sure I'm, I'm quoting you correctly, uh, an Indian headdress equates to the N-word in your book.
1: If you are a Native American, I would say that you would be feeling um, that it is uh, not quite the equivalent, but pretty damn close. Pretty damn close. Um, And I think it's all part of us being better people to others, being cognizant of the sensitivity of our actions um, towards other people. All right.
0: Uh, So to wrap up that story, middle-aged white man says he can comment on what Native Americans should think and feel. It's time for NFL Locks of the Week. Locks. Brian, that red hat is really suiting you this uh, this week. Uh, but also, uh, I have to give you congratulations. Um, Please yet sir. again um, a solid two and zero week. Uh, you had the uh, the LA Chargers minus four uh, against the Patriots. Uh, both teams, to be fair, stunk up the field today. Uh, but the Chargers end up winning uh, six to nothing. And then you took Indy minus one at Tennessee this one this one I thought was the game I thought the streak mm-hmm. was going to end um Tennessee was head ahead for uh, much of the game um Indiana Indianapolis comes back ties it uh, wins it with a field goal in overtime 31 28 uh keeping you a perfect I mean what are we at 26 and zero so far this season mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. just amazing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: I'm no longer amazed Ron um I feel like all I have done this season is just kept pace with your um, torrent of victories. Um, You sat there. You looked at the Cowboys minus seven over Seattle. You saw the atrocious performance that the Seahawks put on on Thanksgiving Day against whomever it was they were playing. Um, You sat there and said, you know what? I don't know if the Seattle Seahawks are going to win this game but they're definitely going to cover. You take those points. Cowboys win only by six. Once again, Ron, you love to shave that garlic. Very, very close. Um, Texans minus three over the Broncos. They win easily by five. Ron, you go 2-0, 26-0 oh, oh for the season. Uh, how do you keep doing it?
0: You know, it, it's, it, it does get tougher each and every week, uh, but it's just it's looking at the games that make sense to me and just – you, you go with your heart sometimes, and other times you go with your head.
1: Who do you have in week 14 coming up? Mm.
0: I like a couple of road favorites next weekend, Brian. Jacksonville, minus three at Cleveland, and uh, Detroit Lions. The nine and three Detroit Lions. I didn't realize how good their record was. Uh, minus five at Chicago. Uh, who do you like next week, Brian?
1: I'm loving the Vikings um, minus one at the Raiders. Raiders have been very disappointed this year, even at home. And then listen, if you want to print money, you bet against the New Jersey Jets. Texans laying four and a half. You could double that number. And I still say you make that bet. Um, those are my locks of the week.
0: All right, so make sure you tune in next week to see um, if our streaks can continue with our NFL locks of the week. Uh, one streak coming to an end, Brian, George Santos's uh, participation in the U.S uh, House of Representatives uh, on Friday, they uh, they voted uh, on a, uh, a a expulsion measure uh, to remove him. Uh, which passed with the two thirds margin that it needed. I think every Democrat uh, voted yes this time around um, and uh, enough of Republicans uh, joined them uh, to remove him from office. Um, He uh, of course handled the, uh, the departure uh, with grace um, with, uh, with respect. Uh, Oh, no wait. He uh, pretty much uh, has said he's going to try and take down as many Republicans um, along the way as he can, which, I, I look forward to it's going to be an absolute shit show. And uh, it was a 311 to 114 votes. So uh, definitely enough numbers they needed.
1: Now, what do you think was the last straw? What was it that finally said to the Republicans, hey, we need to kick him out? Because he had been up for expulsion two instances earlier. Um, and the Republicans both times did not as a party sit there and say, that this is somebody who we do not want to represent our party. Um, the cross-dressing, the um, lying about his background, the, um, uh, the, the, the plentiful lies, um, the claims of fraud, the claims of theft. I mean, all these had, had, had literally been brought to the public's attention. Republicans had not stepped forward as a group to say, let's get rid of him, but they did now. What changed?
0: Um, You know, I think uh, the ethics committee report that came out really changed things. I think, you know, in the in the initial vote, you know, what a lot of people said is, you know, he had only been charged. He did not have his day in court yet. No one wanted to set that precedent. Um, But when when the uh, ethics committee came back with their report showing numerous major violations um, of the Ethics and Government Act, um, I think that's what really um, pushed people over to getting rid of him.
1: Now, is this the first time that the Republicans over the past couple of years have cared about the ethics committee? Um, because um, like, yeah, it, I, I, I remember them. It was this
0: period and I'm just kind of spitballing the years here. I want to say from like January 2017 uh, to roughly January 2021, um, not a lot of concern about ethics Um Actually, I believe the head of the uh, White House Ethics Office uh, resigned uh, at some point in 2017 uh, because it was just an absolute shit show. So, uh, yeah, now we have seen what it takes. Uh, It takes public shaming uh, to really push the GOP, it seems, to vote somebody Mm -hmm. out that um, is uh, is unethical.
1: Sure. Um, Well, you know, our, our long national nightmare is over. I now have. Um, I mean, let's be honest. I left New York because, um, uh, primarily, because of George Santos. I, sure. I, I moved over to New Jersey simply because I could not continue to live in a state that had elected a man like George Santos into the House of Representatives, a man who lied, cheated, and stole his entire way. Um, besides that, the man has a terrible um, uh, foundation. Uh, uh, game i mean literally if you know you're going to be on television the pancake makeup has to stop you've got to allow some level of um of natural color onto your skin uh just atrocious ruPaul right. would 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 have mocked them um
0: now uh other people in trouble uh legally uh soccer star Money. cristiano ronaldo uh, he has been hit with a one billion dollar lawsuit uh, for his role uh, in promoting uh non-fungible tokens issued by cryptocurrency exchange Binance. Uh Brian, you are our senior finance slash cyber coin slash NFT sure. specialist. Um sure. tell us tell us what the what's going on in this story.
1: Listen, this is nothing more than a simple case of investors losing money and deciding somebody needs to be blamed for it. So we've got Cristiano Ronaldo. He is a soccer player, world-renowned. I believe he's Brazilian, but has been playing in Europe for Uh, most of his career. Portuguese. He's Portuguese. Why do I think he's been – Listen, Ron, you cannot <laughs> yeah. correct me with you cannot correct me with lies thinking that I'm going to fall for it every time. Everybody knows that he is Brazilian. Um, All right. however, he he took on a, a you know fancy um uh, sponsorship deal not that long ago um where he was paid how what was the dollar number? I think about um he was paid in excess of couple hundred million I'm assuming.
0: It was it was a big number. I forget what the what the total amount was. Um but also
1: that yeah. he could hawk NFTs. We know that NFTs are our future. They are non-fungible tokens. Um I own NFT. Um I I know Ron you're still trying to set up your digital wallet. You're trying to get on the blockchain. Um it's very challenging. But my real my real question to you is this i feel like we are are approaching a point where um people who during the early days of the pandemic suddenly started um you know uh, 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 stonking if you would people who started to really start promoting their um their stock picks their nft picks Um much like yourself, I mean, I re- if I remember going back about maybe two and a half to three years ago, you were a very loud proponent of, um, I believe it was a stock called Labor Smart that was on the over-the-counter market. Are you nervous about um, a class action lawsuit that I believe a lot of people are talking about um, from investors who lost thousands of, of dollars, let alone purchasing uh tens and tens of thousands of shares of labor smart i know well, at some point you were you were you were um, hyping people to drink hydrogen water um and you were drinking it yourself i do recall you at some point saying that it was causing gangrenous um lesions on your thighs but you were still going to because you wanted to see if you could get the stock up to 10 cents a share ron are you feeling nervous
0: uh, I'm not feeling nervous. You know, I've had conversations with my cadre of lawyers out there and, it, you know, it seems like there was some confusion. You know, uh, when I talked about Labor Smart, you know, I talked about taking a large short position, um, anticipating that the stock was going to go down. Uh, apparently, there were some less savvy investors out there who just bought the stock outright, um, who you know obviously that's just not a great idea for people to have done um so i think you know again when when should a lawsuit come come about and should this play its way through the courts uh i think i'll be okay
1: diamond hands ron diamond hands diamond hands got to be diamond hands hand. still holding 100,000 shares of labor smart yes <laughs> i've heard that it is difficult to
0: unload uh labor smart stock right now
1: I believe if you're in the United States of America, continental, that is, you are not able to sell your shares. If you were in Canada, you could sell shares of LaborSmart. Um, I'm stuck. Holding the bag, I think, is the phrase you're looking for, Ron. Uh, maybe
0: in your travels, you could travel to Canada and maybe uh, do your uh, sell your stocks up there.
1: Ron, if I'm going to Canada, I'm buying more LaborSmart. I'm not selling. <laughs> I am not selling. I'm in it for the long haul. Listen, you know,
0: sometimes you've got short holds, sometimes you've got long holds, and I think you know this is this is the definition of a uh, of a long hold. There we go. All right, Brian, uh, it's time to get to our segment that so many people love. They love to hate it because it's often uh, disturbing, and that is uh, but the drag queens, uh, where we we talk about you know the drag queens, Brian. They're the so problem. Many- they're the problem, as we hear so often, and uh, we attempt to find some stories um, that back that up. Uh, it's been a little bit challenging. We've got a few stories this week. Let's see um, if we've got anything here. This first individual—he's not a teacher, okay. Good start, drag queen though. Um, reading through real quick not a teacher not a uh, not a police officer oh no this is a uh, a senior Pentagon official uh, who oversaw federally operated school systems in the Americas um, he has been arrested in a Georgia human trafficking sting um, the Cowetta County Sheriff's Office last week announced the arrests of 26 people including Stephen Hovanick Former chief of staff for the Americas Division of the Department of Defense Education Activity um, in connection with an alleged human trafficking ring. Uh, authorities have charged Hovanic aged 64, with pandering, uh, a misdemeanor in Georgia, after he allegedly solicited sex in a motel room with an undercover agent.
1: That's awful.
0: But Brian. As we so often say, um, it's the uh, it's the drag queens that are the problem.
1: They're they're the problem. Now this this next story, um, drag queen, right? Drag queen. The Republicans I'm, say that the drag queens are the problem. So this has to be a drag queen, right? I'm seeing long blonde hair, potentially a
0: wig. I mean, I have to think mm-hmm. if if someone's going to qualify as a drag queen, um, it's going to be this individual. Let me pull up the photo here. And no, unfortunately, Brian, this is a Florida woman who pretended to be a 14-year-old homeschooled child to prey on middle schoolers for sex. Uh, this is Alyssa Ann Zinger. Yeah, zinger, Ed. Uh, Age 22, she was arrested last week for allegedly engaging in at least 30 sexual acts with at least one student and sending explicit videos to several more. Uh, She allegedly crafted her fake persona and communicated with her victims uh, on social media platforms, mainly Snapchat. Uh, Multiple victims who attended Wilson Middle School in Tampa's Hyde Park neighborhood told police they believed that Zinger was their age but was homeschooled. Um, a, uh, A boy between the ages of 12 and 15 told police that the pair had sex multiple times and that Zinger sent him explicit photos and videos. Uh, She has pled, she's been charged with two counts of lewd and lascivious battery and five counts of lewd or lascivious molestation on a victim between the ages of 12 and 15 years old. She pled not guilty and was released from jail on the day of her arrest after posting
1: $7,500 bond. So apparently in Florida, it's a crime, but they don't really mind taking you off the streets it
0: feels like a low number for bail like i know we're we're not huge proponents of the uh the cash bail system sure, um, but sure. it 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 still feels like i don't know what's what's the word i'm looking for
1: uh not enough no it seems like this woman is a threat to children in her area um <laughs>
0: Let's see, who else do we have here? I've got a third story. We have to find a drag queen somewhere in here. Um, And no, yet again, not. This is a pastor of a California church who was arrested for allegedly molesting one of his congregants when she was only a young teenager. This is Victor Manuel Hernandez Pineda, uh, the director of Iglesia Pentecostes Movimento de Gloria. Um, He was arrested Friday after an investigation was launched uh, back on November 9th. Uh, The 53-year-old spiritual leader was taken into into custody on suspicion of three counts of kidnapping and four counts of molesting a girl younger than 14. Uh, The victim was a a member of his church, uh, Karen Cifuentes, Uh. now age 21, uh, recently told her parents about the acts committed against her by Hernandez Pineda when she was only 13 years old.
1: So not a drag queen, but he is the problem. Correct.
0: And uh, he is being held on $7 million bail uh, and authorities are investigating uh, as if he had more potential victims. Now that's a bail. Hold call.
1: on. Now you're telling me he got $7 million bail and the other girl got 7500 um, well, it, she paid, it was seventy five hundred bond. bonds, so
0: it was probably seventy five thousand. Seventy five
1: thousand, and he got seven yeah. million.
0: Okay, he got seven million. It
1: feels like a double standard, there, people. Justice does not seem to be blind.
0: Uh, it's listen. One could argue, perhaps, you know, white woman gets a light lighter uh, bail in Florida. Who knows?
1: Who knows? Oh, uh, but you uh, know what? I'm sure we can trust the military, Ron. I'm sure we can trust the military.
0: You would hope, Brian, Uh, you would hope. But unfortunately, we have to tell the story of Gunnery Sergeant Christopher Champagne, age 36, uh, who is being investigated for stalking and harassing a 17-year-old female recruit. Um, And also, he wrote about uh, a memoir about their, quote, scandalous romantic relationships. Um, He wrote a book called Cosette's Decision, uh, in which he openly admits to having a, quote, burning white hot relationship uh, with the young girl um, whose real name is not being uh, released because she is under uh, 18. Um, After being guilted into a relationship with the recruiter, uh, the pair allegedly messaged on Snapchat, had unprotected sex, filmed sex tapes and spent three or four nights together each week. Um, as she told her parents, she was staying with a friend. Um, the, uh, the girl's mother uh, says that the uh, champagne became a terrifying and controlling presence in her life. Showed up at their home twice in one hour, uh, leaving two bottles of whiskey and a bizarre note, uh, thanking the young recruit for inviting him over for Christmas. Eight months later, uh, it was that event that prompted the girl to open up to her family about the relationship that was going on in secret. Ugh. So I don't. And know he wrote a book he, about it. He wrote a he book, wrote, not, a, not a published book, more of, I guess a blog, really a blog.
1: I would say it's a self published book. I think he tried to get this printed on uh, by Amazon. Amazon will print your um, uh, uh, independent books.
0: All right. Well, then I mean I guess we can also blame uh, Jeff Bezos for for all this.
1: I think we can blame him for a lot worse than just this dude. <laughs>
0: uh, Brian, another, uh, another important question to ask you.
1: Sure. What do we got? What are you watching? Oh, this week I finished watching Lessons in Chemistry okay. on Apple TV. And I was um, – I am, I am disappointed – that I have to say this, but I was, um, absolutely let down by it. Um, it starts off as the story of a, um, woman who is in the chemistry field. She is suffering from, um, uh, sexism from genderism. She is suffering from, uh, uh, discrimination in the workplace and, uh, through, uh, uh, some unfortunate and fortunate um, uh, series of acts finds herself the host of a um, ho- of, of a home cooking show on television in the 50s. Had a very madman vibe. I really um, liked the first couple episodes, really thought this was going to be a show that I was going to really enjoy. Um, unfortunately, the last couple episodes, spoiler alert, um, really seemed to be focused on um, the life of the male lead in the series, the man that she got together with, fell in love with, um, where um, the story almost seemed to have moved on to being focused on who he was, what his background was. And I feel like her story got kind of pushed off to the side where it was suddenly being viewed as a function of what was going on in his life. Uh, very disappointed the way that show handled that uh, show. I don't believe there is going to be a season two. I think this was the series finale. Um, so uh, a show that I thought had such promise. Um ended up with a thumbs down. I really right. wanted to see what um, you know, like what this was going to be um, and how her story was going to move on. I know Allie's probably going to sit there and say, oh, well, Brian, I'm surprised you're complaining the story about a woman shifted into being about a man. But no, I wanted to see her story for all eight episodes. Um, did not feel that they needed to transfer over to the story of the male lead. Ron, what are you watching? Yes. Um,
0: so I watched uh, a new docuseries on Netflix uh, called Bad Surgeon, Love Under the Knife. Uh, this was the story of a, a surgeon, Dr. Paolo Maccarini um who had what hey, he, who had developed what he claimed was a uh, revolutionary new plastic windpipe uh that uh, could replace uh, if you had, had a windpipe injury or if you had cancer of the windpipe um sure. it is it is not something that we currently have a uh, a replacement for because of the nature of it you can't put metal in there you can't put other materials in there um uh, mm-hmm. And so he he said he had this revolutionary treatment. Uh, Come to find out, he really never tested it. He just started using humans as his guinea pigs. And in the meantime, also uh, was just a horrible person in his love life. Um, It's a a quick one. It's three episodes. I will say this. Normally, I I say docu-series are a little too long. This one, I think, was the exact perfect length. Like, it, it really, like... Episode one does a great job of kind of setting it up and you're, you're like, all right, something's not quite right here. Episode two really hits you with all the bad shit that he's been doing. And then episode three, you you know, episode one and two is the fuck around part. Episode three mm-hmm. is the find out where he everything just comes crashing down on him. Um, so mm-hmm. I would recommend that. I, I We blew through that okay. uh, in a day. Um, and I also watched the movie Oppenheimer, um, out on streaming services now. Um, I liked it a lot more than I thought I was going to, you know, I, at first I was like, yeah, three hours, like not a huge Cillian Murphy fan, um. Really well but done. But you
1: watched a P.K.
0: Blinders. <laughs> Just really well done. Very uh, very informative, very informational, very well acted, well written. Um, I would I would recommend it. I, I think you will highly right. enjoy it. I know you are right. um you are you are a man who enjoys history. Um, I know you are a fan of the bombings at Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Um, so this really will let you. Um, relive those, so I would I would highly recommend it. I would not recommend um, the new movie Family Switch uh, on Netflix, which my wife was like, oh, let's watch this. It's, uh, it's Jennifer Garner, it's Ed Helms, um, and it is kind of a, uh, I guess, a Freaky Friday type thing where they're married, they've got two kids, boy and a girl, and through some weird anomaly, um, the parents and the kids switch bodies. And let me well. Let me ask oh, you a question. Because you are you are a movie fan, correct? You love movies. I would I would I would fair to say love movies. Love movies. If if a movie has to set itself up to where it literally gives you all of the exposition and you can already guess the the storyline within the first sure six or seven
1: minutes, do you think that's going to be a good movie? No, not at all. I I think you know in in you know I've taken a couple screenwriting classes in my day, um, and I think the whole thing they say is um, show uh, but don't tell. You know, right. if if you have to if you have to make it obvious to the viewer that this is what you are looking for, um, uh, you know, or, or what they can expect, then I I, I believe you you have already failed as a writer. Like they. There's one point, like you, you
0: start off right away with seeing. There's a disconnect between the parents and the kids because the kids don't really like to celebrate Christmas anymore. And then you so, flash uh, over to like a radio station going, and don't forget, there's that big uh, celestial anomaly that's taking place work. this evening, once in a lifetime. And then they do some other flat. They do some other banter between the family, and then Jennifer Garner's like, "Hey, guys." Let's have a quick family meeting because the next two days are going to be crazy. You know, the the daughter, she's got that big soccer game. The son, you've got that big test coming up. Hey, husband, you've got the big band performance and I've got the big presentation at work. And I'm like, oh, no, if they switch bodies, that would be horrible.
1: Um, How far did you make it or did you watch the whole thing? Eight minutes. Eight minutes. And then you tapped out.
0: Because I, 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 I'm I'm just sitting there and I'm just like, and 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 my wife looked over at one point. And she's like, "This is pretty bad, isn't it?" And I'm like, "Yes, yes, it is." Now, Ali says, "You know, we all know how the Titanic ended, but I would argue much better story, much better acting."
1: Well, yeah, I mean, the story was about you know these two people, um, Rose and Jack. It wasn't about the Titanic sinking. You know, we right. all, you know, when I when when, when you watch Oppenheimer. You know how that movie's going to end. It's going to end with him regretting his life's work. Um yeah. but you still watch. I mean, had did you did you at any point think of recreating um the 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 activity of the summer which was Barbieheimer where people watch <laughs> Barbie and then watch Oppenheimer back to back.
0: And uh, I It, it yourself... felt like too much. I broke up I broke up Oppenheimer into into two days because it was just it's it is Really? Long. Yes. Like there's a definite point midway that you can be like, all right, this is like they could have almost put an intermission in there. Like, all right, this is the first act. And now you can stop here and you can pick up the second act of this. Um, Also, uh, I didn't realize Robert Downey Jr. was in the film. Um, I had no idea. Fantastic performance by him.
1: Always, oh, he's great. I except I found his his um acting in Tropic Thunder very problematic. I, I can't get past I can't give him a pass on that one. Um, uh, Rod, have we reached that age in life where we are now demanding an intermission in the middle of a movie because we have to get up and uh stretch our legs and go to the bathroom? Are, are you now saying that you can't sit still for three hours? I'm just saying,
0: you know. You get you get a little sleepy sometimes. I also tried to watch the uh, Hannah Waddingham uh, Christmas special uh, on Apple TV, oh, God. and again Why? that just felt well. You know it's the Christmas spirit, Ryan. Right? It's the holidays, it's the Christmas spirit, but it just felt very forced. Like the cast of uh, the cast of Ted Lasso was there, um, the cast sure. of what was the other uh, Game of Thrones was there. <sighs> It just, again, great singer. Uh, I think also we have been listening to Christmas music in the car as I was being dragged from store to store yesterday, um, doing some holiday shopping. So I think that also I was like, well, we've heard all these songs already today. So,
1: Um, yeah, I would say I have zero interest in watching that. I just don't think I can I I don't have that much in a um, I don't think I have that much holiday spirit. Well, you want to get you
0: know you want to get your money out of your uh, Apple TV Plus subscription. So I was like, let's let's give it a shot, um,
1: Brian. We well, also you've got you've got a lot going on, and I give you a lot of credit. Well, thank you.
0: Um, we uh, we lost a uh, a number of people uh, this past week. It was probably one of the uh, one of the harsher weeks in uh, celebrity yeah. obituaries. Yes. Um, first up, let's discuss. Shane McGowan, uh, lead singer of the Pogues, passing away um, at the age of 65. Um, Cause of death uh, was not uh, immediately clear, uh, but he apparently had had a number of recent health issues, uh, probably about a a week and a half ago. Um, His wife had posted a photo on uh, Twitter of him looking very gaunt and sickly. Um, So just... uh, just yeah, you know, I know you're a fan of the Pogues. My wife's a fan of, course, of the Pogues. I'm not love not them. overly familiar with them. Uh, I know the one Christmas tune. That's yeah. the one thing I know.
1: Listen, you listen to Fairy Tale of New York or the Old Main Drag, and um, you understand just how important the Pogues and more specifically Shane McGowan was to this world. Um, Ron, actually, update since um, you last mentioned it. Um, McGowan died of pneumonia at the age of 65. His wife, Yeah, his wife announced just um, earlier uh, during the show. Well, that's a shame.
0: 65, I still feel too young. Too young to go. Did you
1: say that's a shame or did you say that's a shame?
0: I, I said that's a shame. I will try to enunciate better. Um, also passing away this week, legendary producer Marty Croft. Um, of the producing pair that put HR uh, Puffin stuff, uh, the Osmonds. Um, he was uh, he was part of uh, uh, his brother Sid. They were puppeteers who broke into television and ended up getting stars on the Hollywood Walk of Fame.
1: Brian, Ron, you uh, Ron, you're, you're telling, telling me telling, you no? Are you telling me that Harvey J. Puffin Stuff is a bigger death? Than Sandra Day O'Connor? No, we
0: we we go up in in magnitude.
1: Oh, so you're putting this guy in bigger magnitude than Shane McGowan of the Pogues? And Personally, people, I would. Yes. This is why this country was in such <laughs> sad state a year ago. We needed to make the Ron and Brian podcast great again because a puppeteer never matters when it comes to celebrity de- uh, obituaries. Shane McGowan of the Pogues always counts more than a than than somebody who was a a producer of the Osmonds. This going back a year, make the Ronnie Bryan podcast great again. Retro merch in our merch store tomorrow morning, five o'clock West Coast time.
0: Uh, Brian, as you mentioned. Um, Sandra Day O'Connor passing away at the age of 93. Uh, She was the first woman on the Supreme Court. Brian, you are a champion of women. I think it would be fitting for you uh, to deliver the eulogy for Sandra Day O'Connor.
1: Listen, I think that, you know, as, uh, you know, uh, people in our age group, you know, born in the 70s, Um, As children growing up, it was not uncommon for us to sit there, look to our mothers and said, um, hey, mom, why is the Supreme Court filled with only white men? When are we going to have a woman on the Supreme Court? There's a woman in our Supreme Court at the table every night when we sit down as a family. Why is there not one in the Supreme Court? And I know I, I can only speak for my mother, and she sat there and said to me, as a child, one of these days we will have a woman on the Supreme Court. I, you know, having having met your mother on multiple occasions, I know that she would have also said that to you growing up as a young man. Um, and it was not until I believe in 1981 when uh, President Ronald Reagan. Um, uh, announced that he was going to make a Supreme Court nomination. It was going to be a woman, and it was Sandra Day O'Connor. Died earlier this week from complications of dementia. She had lived in Arizona for most of her life. However, she will always be remembered for bringing a legal jurisprudence with um, uh, uh, just some sensibility. Um, It was back in a time when Republicans still could have some sensibility. Um, She brought not just a woman's view, but also a humane view to um, such issues as affirmative action, abortion, voting rights, religion, federalism, sex discrimination, and other hot-button subjects, Ron. Um, Most people will remember her from her collection of essays that was published in 2003, The majesty of the law, reflections of a Supreme Court justice. But the thing that most people do, will not know and will probably never remember is that this woman had a incredible sense of humor. She was always cracking jokes in the Supreme Court um, hearings, um, sat there, had a little fart meter um, that would sit there and she pressed down on it. And in the middle of the Supreme Court, you you would just hear the noise and she would look around and nobody would blame her. Everybody would just assume it was one of the other um, uh, Supreme Court males, uh, but just always knew how to crack up a room, light up a sky. Um, she will be sorely missed. Uh, I mean, Brian, you, you
0: will often sit and we'll discuss politics and you will you will sure. read a laundry list of things that Ronald Reagan did that you truly respect. And, and you and I will, will disagree on a lot of those things, but I think we agree that, you know, this was one of the things he got right was, uh, was naming Sandra Day O'Connor to the Supreme court.
1: Sure, sure. I mean, you know, I mean, Reagan did a lot of things, you know, he, um, he obtained legislation that stimulated local, uh, you know, economic growth. He, he was able to curb um, uh, inflation, Uh, was able to cut down on unemployment. I mean, there were a lot of things about him that made him, uh, you know, he really achieved peace through strength. And that was something that we had failed um, during Jimmy Carter's uh, tenure in the White House. I could go on for hours. Would you like me to? You don't have to, because I know you're going to want to talk about this next individual. Probably
0: one of the most divisive passings this past week, former Secretary of State, Henry Kissinger passing away at the age of 100, uh, a number of people uh, waiting for his passing. And, uh, well, it finally happened, Brian, after a very long time. Uh, some people hail him uh, as the architect of a, a new way of military might for this country. Uh, others uh, call him a war criminal. Where do you fall in that spectrum, Brian?
1: Listen, any man who is um, responsible for the foreign policy that results in the death of three to four million people, I despise. Um, Someone who introduced American carpet bombing, um, extending it past Vietnam during the war into Laos, Cambodia, um, overseeing the uh, military overthrow of democratically elected governments in Chile and Argentina. Um, I say uh, Kissinger is in hell right now. Let's all hope. We can only hope on that. Brian, it's only almost hope. time for us to wrap up here. As you No, say that uh, is not so. Say that is not so. Let's go for another a, hour.
0: There will be a, a new merch drop. Uh, tomorrow on our web store, Brian bringing back the make Ron and Brian podcast. Uh, Great again, hat uh, many people wanting to join the Merber movement. movement. Um, so if you want to go to Ron and Brian in addition, while you're there, why not sign up for our Patreon? Uh, there is a link there to join because we're going to do our after dark in just 24 minutes. Uh, that is an extra half hour of content for our patreon subscribers um so we are gonna we are gonna be doing that later tonight um what else do we have that you can find on that website brian oh, uh, oh. if you want to do a, if you want to do a cameo go to cameo.com forward slash ron brian podcast 8939 <laughs> we had our very first cameo uh request this past week um so how was kudos. it ron what
1: were your thoughts what were your thoughts I, Ron? I,
0: I thought it went well. Uh, We got a five-star review from the individual that Mm -hmm. purchased it. So, you you know, I just, I I think, you know, I think this is the wave of the future is us doing handling whatever this, whatever it is. You want to wish somebody happy birthday. Uh, You want to get engaged. You want to break up with somebody. We can handle all that for just $10.
1: I was a little hurt because we, 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 we got our cameo request. And it specifically said that they wanted a video from you, Ron. Um, but you want to know something? I realize that there is just as much enjoyment sitting on the sidelines and watching your partner shine than being in the spotlight, and that was a lesson I learned this week.
0: And remember, folks, uh, you can request both of us. You can request one of us. Uh, sure. You can request Matt. I think if we can if we can get Matt uh, cleaned up enough, he could probably do uh, a Patreon. Hope. Hope. So we'll see. All right. Well, thank you all for joining us, Brian. Anything else before we wrap up this week's episode?
1: Go to the website, go to our, 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 merch store tomorrow. You will be able to buy yourself a make the Ron and Brian podcast. Great. Again, red hat. I mean, these are, you know, uh, they sold out. I think we did three batches of them, uh, a little over a year ago. Um, People are sitting there saying, we do not want to bring back the Dark Ages. Do not allow uh, do not allow Ron to um, take the championship again. Brian, you need to stay champion. So we brought these hats back so everybody can remember what it was like during the days of the champion wearing a red hat.
0: All right. Well, on that note, I think we wrap things up. Thank you all for joining us. Uh, we will catch you again next week you for joining us on the ron and brian podcast we're live each week on youtube facebook and twitch you can find prior episodes links to our social media and everything else ron and brian at ron and brian podcast.com see you again next week